The oil release begins. Gap falls on earnings result. Tesla in their gigafactory spending. Jeremy Siegel on inflation and a new SPAC merger. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. back and welcome to the running with the money briefing here to get you through the biggest headlines of the day either way where the market's at well the dow jones finished up 194 points to nasdaq down 79 in the s&p 500 up seven and those are much better numbers than what we saw midday when at one point the nasdaq was down just about 200 points so definitely uh, a lot better finish than many expected going into midday now taking a look at the biggest headlines today what in the world is going on and what is going on with these markets and today president biden well announcing a strategic release or spr release so the u.s will be making a 50 million barrel release of oil or making 50 million barrels of oil available to buyers furthermore india japan china south korea and the uk will also be contributing to this and participating in this strategic release of oil very interesting stuff now why are they doing this they're trying to get those prices of gas and oil moving to the downside now why well, they have to fight or they have to somehow combat OPEC Plus, which insofar will not increase their output or their production whatsoever from their current plan, which we do know that their current plan does or is slightly increasing output, but simply not enough, it seems, for the United States and other major countries. You take a look at what President Biden had to say the day. He goes on to say, quote, while our combined actions will not solve the problem of high gas prices overnight, it will make a difference. He goes on to say, it will take time, but before long, you should see the price of gas drop where you fill up your tank. So really, President Biden is trying to get these gas prices down, and this is why you are seeing this global strategic release here of oil in the U.S. being a major part of this with 50 million barrels. Now, you shift into really how large this is on the grand scale of things, and it's really not that large. Um, in fact, you see some experts saying it's not large at all. You take a look at what oil did today, and well, obviously, it wasn't big enough because you saw WTI crude actually move to the upside today, you also saw Brent move to the upside on top of that. So you really saw the oil market react in a more positive tone today rather than a negative tone to this release, something that many people didn't expect. And what that seems to be telling investors is that this release simply was not big enough to uh, cause much negativity. Now, you take a look at what supplies are doing, and U.S. crude supplies actually rose by 2.31 million barrels last week. So that is something to pay attention to. And also you take a look at stockpiles and you can see that the biggest storage hub in the U.S. actually jumped by 915,000 barrels. So the oil market remains tight. Energy market remains tight. The United States and many other countries, including India, Japan, China, and South Korea, making strategic releases today. Now, you shift into what Gap is doing here. And, well, the retailer is moving to the downside here in the after hours. Now, why are they moving to the downside? Why is their stock receiving this reaction? Well, the earnings simply did not impress, unfortunately. You take a look at these numbers here, and Gap actually went on to report 
Well, not the best numbers whatsoever. An EPS of 27 cents compared to 50 cents expected. Revenue of $3.94 billion compared to $4.44 billion that was expected by analysts. Now, revenue fell year over year to $3.94 billion from $3.99 billion. That was not expected whatsoever. And Gap is down 16.25% in the after hours on these numbers. Now, also you take a look, you see that Old Navy Comparable sales fell 9% year over year instead of being up 6% year over year um, when compared to 2019. So not the best numbers there. So technically they're up 6% compared to 2019 and they are down 9% year over year. I apologize for that confusion. Now you take a look at Gap and it did swing a net loss this quarter of $152 million compared to an income of $95 million just last year. So once again, Gap undershooting the expectation and they did not just undershoot the expectation on the most recent quarter, but also they, decle- they decreased guidance. They basically pulled guidance in. They said, hey, look, we're bringing down our guidance for the upcoming year and quarter. So you take a look here at Gap, and they are now expecting a full year revenue to be up just 20% compared to a 30% increase that was expected. Analysts were expecting 28.4% year over year for the year. Now, Gap expecting just 20%. You also take a look at what they're expecting when it comes to earnings, and they lowered their earnings range to $1.25 to $1.40 instead of $2.10 to $2.25 a share. And that is also below the analyst expectation of $2.20 per share. So really here, you take a look here and ouch, it seems Gap has missed the mark big time, not only on the quarterly numbers, but the guidance numbers. You also take a look at cost here and Gap said, you know, we had to take into account these costs of $550 to $650 million in lost sales due to supply chain constraints and over $450 million in air freight cost throughout the year. So definitely some much bigger cost to the supply chain issues and gap definitely affected by that. Now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, the first one we have to talk about is Morgan Stanley resuming coverage of General Electric as overweight. Now, what did Morgan Stanley have to say about General Electric? They go on to say, quote, we viewed the post-COVID path forward as supported by earnings revisions from aviation and continued deleveraging progress that would eventually allow GE to go on the offense. The recently announced breakup is the logical extension of that, whereby the liabilities are well-managed enough for the pieces to stand on their own and realize the independent and strategic value of aviation. Morgan Stanley liking GE aviation and the breakup over there. Mizuo upgrading Micron and Western Digital to buy from neutral going on to say, quote, while we downgraded memory on expectations of a seasonal soft first half of 2022 and Micron and WDC have underperformed the SMH until lately, our checks now indicate a better trifecta of actual demand in the first quarter and first half of 2022 that could support an improving pricing. So it seems Mizuo and Micron and uh, Western Digital here all within this call. Mizuo liking Micron and Western Digital to buy upgrading both names from neutral. Very interesting call by Mizuo. We have Wells Fargo initiating coverage of Solar Edge as overweight and initiating coverage of First Solar at equal weight. Now, what did they have to say about the two companies to go on to say? SCDG or Solar Edge has a significant presence in commercial and industrial markets and is expanding to the utility market, which could support continued growth. They go on to talk about First Solar and say, we project First Solar to grow revenue at a 10-year CAGR of 3%. 
driven by an acceleration of solar deployments as global economies push to decarbonize. However, we expect continued ASP and margin pressure due to the highly competitive nature of the solar panel market, which could limit the long-term EBITDA and earnings upside. Very interesting commentary on Solar Edge and First Solar out of Wells Fargo. And then we have Bank of America downgrading the also-loved COVID pandemic Zoom video to neutral from buy. They go on to say, quote, Q the results and outlook suggest that reopening headwinds continue to weigh on growth. They brought a slowdown in both new customer growth and expansion activity and still heightened online churn provided little certainty as to the bottom for growth. They also talk about how basically here you're seeing user growth slow down over at Zoom. They're not liking it. And really, to, su- to summarize this call by Bank of America, they simply don't know when growth is going to stop slowing down at Zoom video. CFRA upgrading Bank of America, speaking of Bank of America, to buy from hold. CFRA goes on to talk about the bank and says, quote, we raise our target $6 to $51 per share, a forward PE of 14.6 times, our 2022 earnings estimate above the 12.8 time historic average. In our view, that Bank of America benefits from higher rates and higher loan volumes in a strong 2022 U.S. economy. And those were the largest analyst calls of the day. Now, shifting into another major headline that occurred throughout the day that came up here within the markets, we have Tesla and basically their filings in Austin, Texas show that they're going to spend at least $1.06 billion on the Gigafactory down there in Austin, Texas and this expansion of their manufacturing. Now, the construction on those Austin facilities that are intended for bodywork, stamping, casting, and painting are expected, oh, and also full vehicle assembly, are expected to be done around December 31st. And it is also important to note that these factories will be producing the Cybertruck, the Model 3, and Model Y vehicles for Tesla. Very interesting stuff out of the leading EV automaker. And then on the inflation front, we have to get some Jeremy Siegel commentary. So today... We got some commentary out of Jeremy Siegel on inflation, and he believes that the Federal Reserve, well, they're going to need to get more aggressive with inflation, and likely they're going to need to taper much quicker. So, the Wharton Finance Professor Jeremy Siegel, in an interview this morning on CNBC, said they're going to need to move faster. They're very much behind the curve when speaking on inflation. He goes on to say, quote, I think they have to start raising it in March, and... He also said they have to speed it up by a factor of two. So when he says, I think they have to start raising it in March, he's referring to interest rates. So in essence here, Jeremy Siegel believes that the Fed, they're going to have to taper it much quicker than expected, that in the December meeting that is upcoming, they're going to announce a much quicker taper and they're going to have to raise interest rates. That is his prediction, it seems here. He goes on to say what he believes the central bank Should it be prioritizing? And he says, quote, the job market is strong enough. It's more important now to put a stop to inflation than worrying about a few more jobs. That, I think, has to be the primary focus of the Fed. So in essence, Jeremy Siegel in summary today is saying, look, the Fed is going to have to taper much quicker than expected. They're probably going to have to raise rates much quicker than expected. And the Fed shouldn't be focusing on the jobs market. They should be focusing on inflation. Some interesting and straightforward commentary out of the legend Wharton finance professor, Jeremy Siegel. Now shifting into our final headline of the day comes out of the SPAC world, the SPAC mania, which was on fire just not too long ago. Well, now it's starting to get cold again, but we still get news in the space. And when it comes to SPACs, well, today we got another announcement 
of a merger. So Manscaped will be going public by merging with blank check firm Bright Lights Acquisition. Now, the name actually didn't get that much of a bump today at the close. In fact, the stock itself finished under 10 bucks a share. Holy Toledo. So maybe it's one to check out. Now, a little background on Manscaped. If you don't know what it is, they were founded in 2016. They're a California-based company, and they plan to go public on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol M-A-N-S in the first quarter of 2022. Some interesting stuff on this spec. Now, Company-specific details, you take a look at the numbers here, and over the past 12 months, they generated over $285 million in revenue, and in their press release, they note for this deal that they believe they're going to grow over $500 million um, in revenue in 2023, citing international growth and product expansion. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with this SPAC and this merger. Definitely one they pay attention to. It is a popular brand, and that's why we're bringing it up. Now, before we go, I want to talk about some names that suffered some major declines here in the market today and maybe some possible opportunities to check out. But what are the names absolutely getting crushed over the past few days? Well, you can quite tell. The Nasdaq's getting crushed, and some of the FinTwit favorites are also moving to the downside. We see over the past five days, ServiceNow down 8%, Salesforce down 5%, Shopify down 6%, Snowflake down over 14%. My, oh my, Coinbase down over 7%, Datadog down over 7%, Unity down over 10%, HubSpot down over 11%. I mean, you can go down through the list. You can also take a look. CrowdStrike down over 12%, Square down over 11%, Net down, oh my gosh, Cloudflare, guess what? It's down over 12%, Planter down over 10%. Okta, down over 19%. Robinhood, down over 18% over the past five days. So these growth names are absolutely getting clobbered throughout the past week. And, well, possibly their long-term buying opportunities. You take a look at Mercado Libre, down over 16%. Alibaba, down over 20%. Snapchat, down over 8%. DoorDash, down over 21%. I mean, it doesn't end. Airbnb, down over 13 percent Twilio over 11%. Twitter down over 9%. Spotify down over 10%. I mean, the list goes on and on and on in this growth space. Many of these names absolutely getting smoked and some of them getting to a price point where it's starting to get a bit ridiculous and maybe you want to start checking them out for the long term. But that's simply my recommendation, something we don't do too often here on the briefing. But this is the show. That is the end of the show. Thank you for listening to the biggest headlines of the day. And we'll be back tomorrow for our final briefing of the week until Friday because, of course, we have the the holidays. We have to enjoy the holidays. But in the meantime, go give my boys a listen over at Pounding the Table. Here at Running With The Money, we are proud team members and partners of Pounding With The Table. And you should definitely go give the boys at Pounding the Table on Spotify and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Listen, some of the best, if not the best, financial content in the space. Thank you for listening. Easily Profit Trade on and give me and my team a follow at Running With The Money or Luke Donay on Twitter. Easily Profit Trade on and I'll see you tomorrow.